You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Are we dancing yet? I'll tell you who's dancing. St. Peter's is dancing. <laughs> That's who's dancing. Damn. Um, what a tournament, huh? And we are minutes away from tip-off. Uh, for Houston in uh, in Villanova. So uh, let's dive right into that really quick because uh, tip-off is coming your way in about, I, I want to say it's like a, in about five minutes. Uh, so if you're you're near your, your gambling mobile app, uh, put your money down on Houston. I love Houston tonight. Uh, they're, uh, they're only laying two and a half. Uh, no, nothing against Villanova. I love Jay Wright. Full disclosure, I've got a little crush on him not to, uh, you know, how inappropriate uh, and unprofessional that might sound for me. But nonetheless... Uh, this Houston team, to me, I had them coming out of the South region. I just think uh, they just have su- suffocating, suffocating defense, holding opponents to 28% from downtown. Uh, they're playing just uh, three hours from their home court uh, at the Alamo, Alamo uh, and Ala, Ala Dome, Alamo Dome, whatever they want to call it. Uh, so um, a great free throw shooting team. They're shooting 66%. They and and what was really impressive about their win against against Arizona. I know a lot of people had Arizona coming out of the South. Uh, they didn't trail once to Arizona, and Arizona is an offensive powerhouse, right? So I, I know it could be a little intimidating because it is Villanova, it is Jay Wright. Um, they're an excellent team, uh, but in in and again, with all due respect to Villanova, really the big reason they lost to Michigan. Michigan was uh, only fifty percent from the free throw line. In order to beat Villanova, especially in the last what, five, three minutes of the game, uh, you've got to have a better field goal, uh, free throw percentage than that. Um, So uh, to to me, I just, I I really, I really like this Houston team. I like them a lot. They're very savvy. They're athletic. They're long. They're lean. um, and, And the theme, let's be honest, the theme of this year's March Madness tournament has been defense. And, and Houston, to me, has the better defense. So, again, that, that game tips off in just a few minutes. So I'm all over Houston. Again, I'm laying the two and a half. So uh, we've got that. And then, of course, you've got more game. You've got another game later on tonight at 845 is Arkansas against Duke. That's going to be a good one as well. Arkansas, uh, Duke is favored by four. I'm on the Arkansas side at plus four. I'll get into that a little bit later on. Um, also tomorrow you've got UM going up against Kansas. Kansas is favored by six. And then, uh, St. Peter's uh, making it unbelievable all the way to the elite eight, getting ready to take on UNC tomorrow as well, which has really, really been fantastic. And, uh, and I, so that's, I, I want to talk about that for a second, right? So St. Peter's takes care of Purdue 67, 64 in full disclosure. And, and by the way, we've got Brian and we've got Jacob who are producing the show. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. We're with you until nine o'clock tonight. Uh, and we've got a lot coming your way. We're going to talk a lot, obviously about college basketball and March madness games are going to be going on while we're on air. So I'll keep you posted on the score and all that good stuff. Um, We've got some guests who are joining us to talk some uh, some some uh, college basketball. Joe Wiz is going to join us at 7.30. We'll get his picks and his plays for the later game. Again, that's Arkansas and Duke as well as games for tomorrow and I'm sure a number of other things uh, he's going to want to chime in on. Cynthia Freeland is going to join us uh, at 8 o'clock. We'll talk some NFL. Free agency has just been bananas. 
and probably nothing bigger than uh, what happened with the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson and him going there. And, of course, he had his press conference this week. We've got some clips and some sound from that press conference. We'll play for you. We'll dive into the Giants. We'll dive into the Jets. Do you like what they did in free agency? How excited are you for the draft? I know we're a month away, and we're going to, especially me, I'm a draft geek, a nut, a nerd. I'm going to dive all into it. Uh, and we'll take your calls throughout, 800-919-3776. You can guarantee that, okay? Um, also, I do want to get into the Tom Brady rumor mill, because really that's all it is. The Tom Brady rumor mill with the possibility of him going to the Miami Dolphins. So I do want to get into that as well. So we'll get into a number of things. We'll touch on what's going on in, in, in the NBA. Of course, uh, you've got the Nets going at it tonight, uh, going up against the Heat. And the, and the Knicks beat the Heat. How about that? <laughs> Can we marinate in that for a minute? The Knicks, they beat the Heat last night. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm looking, I was looking at my numbers here. Uh, so the Knicks beat the Heat 111 to 103. Here it is. 38 and 15. They outscored them 38 to 15 in the fourth quarter. How about that? Uh, Knicks a little too late. Maybe, possibly, what needs to happen in order for them to get into that play-in game? They need to win out, and Atlanta needs to lose six of their next eight games. I do believe it's a little too late. But nonetheless, really impressive win for the Knicks against the Heat, and tonight Brooklyn takes on the Heat. So again, that game will be in action while we're on with you, so we'll keep you posted there. Uh, the Knicks do play the Pistons tomorrow, so we'll get into some NBA talk with you as well. Boys of Summer... In Florida, getting ready for uh, the Major League Baseball season. Uh, there's some news there. It looks like Cashman and the Yankees are trying to work out uh, an extension with Judge. Maybe Brett Gardner joins the club again. This is what's out there right now. And, uh, and so, obviously, a plethora of stuff to get to. But, again, I, I did want to lead with the Houston-Villanova game because uh, tip-off is, is just uh, about a minute away. So, again, I'm all over Houston, minus two and a half. So, um, but I, I, I do want to talk about St. Peter's. And, and guys, again, Brian and, and Jacob are producing the show. Uh, full disclosure, I, I might embarrass myself here, and if I am, I, I, okay, so what? I've embarrassed myself before, it's fine. I had no idea that St. Peter's was in Jersey City. And let me tell you something. There are a number of people who I know, who I have immense respect for, who live here and have lived here in the New York and New Jersey area their entire lives and are sports fans who as well had no idea that St. Peter's was in Jersey City. I'm, I, I, don't, I'm, I am putting, I'm not, I'm, I was about to say, I don't mean to put you on the spot. Yeah, I do mean to put you on the spot. I'm curious. Did either of you know that St. Peter's was in Jersey City? Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, I did, too. Uh, I have a good friend who actually went to St. Peter's. So as soon as uh, they won their... They left out the first uh, round. I was texting him immediately. So me and him have been texting back and forth probably like the last like two weeks now. Okay, but if you didn't have a friend who went to St. Peter's, did you, you did you know about St. Peter's before your friend before uh, you said, "Hey, what college did you, what college did you go to?" And your friend said St. Peter's. Where did you think it was? Yeah. Until he said, "Oh, it's Jersey City, dude." Well, I mean, I I've seen it also like prior to that too. So I've seen uh, the actual campus. So I, I mean, that's the only reason why I knew. Uh, I would have get if you asked me to guess where St. Peter's was, I would have completely got it wrong though. I'm just I'm I, I, like I'll use the word flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted, and and oh by the way, I've lived in Hoboken for 12 years. Like St. Peter's is probably 
a driver away for me. I could probably walk to St. Peter's. Not only that, too, when I think of St. Peter's, I'm thinking of a elementary, maybe like a high school. It would not be a college like school like going to the tournament. That would not be my first guess. It's it's uh, so. What about you, Brian? Did you uh, I, were you aware of St. Peter's? I kind of knew about St. Peter's just because I went to Catholic high school, and I remember getting some letters of St. Peter's getting like uh, sending me like, "Oh, there's an open house. You're invited, Brian. Uh, come to St. Peter's." It was that one in college. Isn't it, of but isn't Rogue. it isn't it a Jesuit? They, yeah, uh, yeah. Whenever, but they, whenever, they send it whenever, to whenever, me. When, okay, here's here's another thing. Whenever whenever they're talking about St. Peter's on in, in the tournament, they're like, it's a Jesuit school with three thousand students. I'm like, what is a Jesuit school? I don't understand. Like like why is that? Like they mention that all the time. You know what I mean? Like I, I just I don't I don't quite understand. But nonetheless, it, it's it's fine. Um, so, so you knew about St. Peter's because they were trying to recruit you. Yeah, to so, come. Yeah, to, they were to trying to, to like, college there. Yeah, so they because because of since the, I guess the relationship of a Catholic school and I guess Jesuit maybe they were like, oh, we'll send you letters, open house, and invitations to our program and to our major. So I do remember getting those like a while back, and I was like, oh, I remember that school. I just didn't know. This is what surprised me. I did not know that they, they had Division One basketball team. I thought for some reason it was like Division Two or Division Three. So I was like, that, that surprised me. It's it's unbelievable. And, and, and seriously, I, I mean, listen, and, and I feel that I, I hang out and, and I socialize and I, I surround myself with very, very intelligent people. Um, and very, very few people knew that St. Peter's was in Jersey City. It's, it's really it's really remarkable. So so I, I've done a deeper dive here. Um, do you know? Here's another one for you. Do you guys know that their games are free? Do you know that you can go? That I didn't and, know. Like, that, that I had no you, clue. This, you, you could go and you could watch their basketball games for free. You don't have to pay admission to go watch them play basketball. Now, will the uh, price of that change now that they have uh, gone as far as they the did? The price? There is no price. What I'm saying <laughs> is, is will, no price. Will the that, price will change. Are you saying now will, will, that now will they start charging? Yeah. Uh, well, if I was the athletic director, yeah, hell yeah, I would. I I'd mean, start charging people to come watch this this team. I mean, this team is like, you talk about Cinderella story. I mean, this team is the Cinderella story this year. And, and, and they've definitely, did you hear the crowd as they were playing Purdue? Did you hear the crowd? I mean, they definitely have become... Um, you know, uh, America's darling uh, pertaining to this this tournament. But it's not only them, what they're doing on the court, but some of the things, uh, I don't know if you saw what uh, their coach said at the podium. It's like some of the greatest sound bites I've seen. Um, oh, for sure. For sure. He's like, you know, he's like, oh, what can't we do now? Like everyone's, so everyone's been, been telling us, you know, no, we couldn't beat Kentucky. No, we couldn't beat Murray State. No, we couldn't beat Purdue. So, yeah, I, I mean, you know, okay, so what now? You're going to tell us we can't beat UNC? I'm not. I'm not saying that. In fact, uh, I'm, I'm taking them with the points. I'm taking them plus eight for sure. I want to open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. Listen, enlighten us even more, right? Like, like, like <laughs> I'm just, I, I'm so taken back. I'm, I'm so, I, I think... Again, I, I've said this before. I think March Madness is the second best sporting event on our uh, our sporting calendar. I, I really do. And, and, and St. Peter's is a huge reason why, right? Like, this is why, you know, you, you hear that phrase, the Cinderella story, March Madness. This is what it's about. 
and the first time ever a 15th seed has made it to the elite eight it's it's really really remarkable and and god willing they make it to the final four i just i can't wait for this game tomorrow i tell you um who feels the same way i do and by the way be honest call in did you know how many people i'm curious how many people out there knew that saint peter's was in jersey city before this tournament I'm curious. I'd, I'd, I'd like to, to tap the water. I want to feel the temperature. I'd like to tap the water. I'm curious. ESPN Hoops update brought to you by Quick View at Home OTC COVID-19 test. In 10 minutes, you can get rapid results in the privacy of your own home. Take charge. Pick up a Quick View at Home OTC COVID-19 test today and learn more at quickviewathome.com. Uh, by the way, um, before I give you the score here, uh, really quick, uh, with uh, with Houston and Villanova, Villanova up on Houston five to two. Uh, Mr. George P.E. says it is not free to watch uh, St. Peter's University games. Uh, he said proud alum only free for the students. Um, that that's not what what I was told earlier this week. I was I was told that that they did not. Maybe they at one point in time they did not charge for games. I don't know. Maybe they do now. But at some point at one point in time they did not charge the general public for games. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's go to David in Monmouth. David, welcome in. Hey Anita, thanks for having me. My Hi. parents met at St. Peter's in the sixties. And there's a couple stories here. One, my mom was a player for the Peahens. Back in the day, the uh, ladies' team was known as the Peahens. You could only <laughs> take two dribbles. You could take two dribbles, and the ladies wore skirts. Um, oh, that's a love brutal. story that resulted with me. That, that, and that, that's a, it's, a, it's a long history. But in 1968, and this is the legend that my dad has always told me, uh, number one seed Duke in the NIT uh, was upset by St. Peter's. So 50 years now, people have been underestimating St. Peter's. Unbelievable. Great story, David. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing. Really do appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Rich in North Carolina. Rich, welcome in. Hey, Nina. How you doing? Just want for Great. I get started, just wanted to give you my uh, sympathy condolences for what you went through this week. So, uh, I'm a dog lover, too, so I know how, you, how it goes. Oh, um, thank you. What uh, really, you really Rich, really quick, just just so uh, our listeners know, because I, I don't know how many of them out there are listening, follow me. But um, so my oldest dog was 23 years old and uh, and uh, I she she wrote it out with me. And uh, unfortunately, her health started to deteriorate um, a few weeks ago and it just continually got worse and worse and worse. And um, and I, I, I had to let her go and I had to put her asleep yesterday. And so it was very difficult, you know, I mean, you know, the, the, it's the longest relationship I've had in my life. Uh, you know, she was with me for 23 years and I, I don't know how many dogs live that long, but she did. And she That's was really time. remarkable. So, so anyway, Rich, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. She's in a better place. Hopefully she's happy. She's healthy. She's, uh, you know, she's 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 running around in, in doggy heaven, and, uh, and and she's she's now back to enjoying her best life. So, Rich, thank you so well, much. You I appreciate you were in our thoughts that. and prayers yesterday. And I remember the company with DNR, you know. So, you were all in our thoughts and prayers yesterday. But what do you think? My son's a UNC graduate. What do you Ooh. think? Duke, Carolina, final game. K beats Carolina, walks off his career with the net. Yeah, especially especially after what happened, Rich, at, you know, talk about revenge being sweet, right? Like yeah. UNC upset Coach K for that last game at home on his home court. 
right? So it was too big of a game for those kids. Those kids are young. Um, I went to the Virginia Tech uh, Duke game earlier this year. I mean, I live two hours away from Raleigh, but I'm out here all the time. And like I said, my son was lucky. When he was a freshman, Carolina went to the Final Four and lost. When he was a sophomore, they won. So he was sending me all kinds of pictures of the madness on Franklin Street. I mean, it's chaos. And I said, just don't climb the poles because that's the big thing that they do out there when they win. I don't know why, but I mean, it would be a great. I mean, you don't have you can love K, hate K, but you got to respect what he's done. Here, here's the thing. I, I don't know about you. I, I have, I have, I had UCLA coming out of the East. Um, I did not have UNC. Um, so. Uh, you know, so so first things first, like uh, they have far exceeded my expectation. Obviously, knocking off UCLA uh, just threw a monkey wrench into into my bracket. That's for sure. I also had Gonzaga winning it, so uh, you know, just flushed my bracket down the toilet. Um, based on based on what you've seen, like, listen. Here's the thing. I don't think St. Peter's is a 15 seed. I think, yeah. I think, no, <laughs> like, like if, if you had to go back and say, okay, well, if you had to redo it and reseed St. Peter's, where would you put them? Um, I, I would put them as maybe like, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, I'm more like, a, to me, more like a four or five. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, I wouldn't put, I didn't think Duke was going to get past Texas Tech. I didn't. Th- I didn't think so. I didn't. Th- I, I had Gonzaga and Texas Tech. Gonzaga beating Texas but, but Tech. Carol, he is an unbelievable player to watch in person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time mm-hmm. I went to Cameron was was this was uh, Christmas time. We uh, went, and the first time I ever been to Cameron, it's like watching a game in a high school gym. You can hear the sneakers squeal. And I mean, I was in the upper level. I mean, it only seats ninety three hundred. But what a place to see a game. I mean, they want a new arena because they want more people, but. He doesn't want – he didn't want a new arena. So it's going to be interesting to see because um, I had a friend who works at Duke Hospital, and there's land that's kind of in between, and they're like, okay, they've been telling the hospital, prepare for some construction. So we'll see what's going to happen out there. Um, It's going to be – let me ask you this before I let you go. Last question. Uh, Give me a percentage of an upset you think St. Peter's has an opportunity to upset UNC tomorrow night. I think it's 75%. I mean, I think UNC is playing above their level, and I think everybody's going to be a little bit tired this weekend and you know, the hype. I, I think St. Peter's is going to be the Cinderella team. I mean, it's a it's a great story. And, you know, with everything that's going on in this world, we need great stories this this time of year. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Rich. Thanks for the phone call. I, I appreciate it, and thank you for your kind words. Uh, it was a rough, It's been a rough 24 hours for me, so I do appreciate that. Um, yeah, I, I I do not like. I, I think I think St. Peter's as a 15 seed was a miss seed uh, for the committee, for sure. And um, again, little little did we know. Little did we know. So how does you know how does my bracket look right now? Like I said, just tear it up, flush it down the toilet. It's it's a hot mess. But at the same time, coming into the tournament, what you heard from a number of the college basketball basketball analyst was that there's at least 10 to 12 teams that realistically realistically could win this thing this year and they're right you know so so I had Vermont upsetting Arkansas I didn't have Arkansas going this far I had Gonzaga coming out of the west I had Texas Tech upsetting Duke and Texas Tech and Gonzaga going at it in the elite eight and Gonzaga moving to the final four in the East, like I said, I had UCLA. I love the way UCLA was playing ball coming into this tournament. I thought they were the best team coming out of the East. 
You know, who, who, who expected Kentucky to lose in the first game? That, that was, that was unbelievable. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I, I'm really curious, like, you know, of course ESPN, you know, they have the March madness bracket and I, how many, how many of those million brackets that were submitted have St. Peter's going to the final four? I'd be surprised if there's one. So that's, that's quite interesting. And, and I'm with our caller. Like, I think, I, I think that there's a realistic shot that St. Peter's could upset UNC. They are playing the theme of this year's tournament is defense. And they are playing some of the best defense coming into this tournament. They're gritty. They're like a gnat. <laughs> They're all over the ball. They force turnovers. What did Purdue have? 15 turnovers in the game? Uh, they're just, they're, they're unbelievable. I did have Houston coming out of the South. I did anticipate them to upset Arizona just because I think Arizona is just, they're, they're, they're just too young. Uh, we'll see what happens between Houston and Villanova. Uh, right now, Villanova is up nine to five, just FYI. That's the score. And, uh, and I did have Iowa upsetting Kansas. Iowa lost in, in the first round in, uh, to Richmond. Uh, but now you've got Kansas going up against University of Miami. Uh, tomorrow so we'll see how that pans out so that's my bracket not sure how yours is doing hopefully a lot better than mine that's for sure just 98.7 ESPN hoops update brought to you by covers.com sports betters make covers.com your home for college basketball all tournament long winning starts at covers.com Villanova up on Houston right now 16 to 10 joining us from covers is Rowett Panea Rowett welcome in welcome into 98.7 ESPN a pleasure to have you on this evening how you doing Good. Thanks for having me on, Anita. Uh, no, this is great. This is great. So uh, I want to I want to break down all four games with you, and and, and of course look look big picture as well. But um, what are your thoughts on in game betting? I, I feel that this is really where you can win a lot of money. Absolutely, especially with uh, the college games that we've seen in the tournament, with the massive swings and the runs that teams are going on when they gain a little bit of momentum. And there's definitely a lot of value there. There's definitely a lot of value in looking at these favorites once they fall behind a little bit early if their shots aren't dropping. And, uh, you know, I think this uh, Houston-Villanova game is a good uh, example of that because, you know, Villanova got off to a very good start, but Houston just wasn't, you know, their shots weren't going down. But this is a tough, tough team, and they're going to come back. And uh, there's definitely a little bit of value once they fell behind early. That's starting to dry up now because things are getting a little bit tighter. But uh, there's definitely a uh, a little room for a live play on Houston a bit earlier. So right now, as we speak, 6.33 p.m., you could get Houston plus three and a half. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think there's value in that for sure. I think uh, right now, I think uh, they will make it close at the very least. And I think that they are bound to go on a run because I don't necessarily think that they haven't been getting chances in this game. They've been getting some open looks at the basket. The ball just haven't been dropping. So I think uh, this is a team that uh, definitely will make it a tough game. And, uh, yeah, if you can get them at three and a half right now, I think there's uh, definitely a there's definitely a play there. I like it. I'm on it right now as we speak. Isn't that isn't that a beautiful Perfect. thing? <laughs> that's, that's the best thing about live betting, right? <laughs> it is. It is. All right. Uh, now we've got another game coming our way later on this evening. I want to say tip-off is around 845, and that's Arizona mm-hmm. going up against Duke. Duke favored by four. Yeah. What side are you on here and why? You know, it's getting tough at this stage of the game because you're seeing such tight lines now that we're down to the Elite Eight. And, you know, for this one, I'm actually kind of looking towards the total. Uh, if I was to bet on a side, I think I might lean a little bit towards Duke in this one. I haven't been overly impressed with Arkansas's efficiency on offense. 
Uh, they've obviously hustling very well on defense. Uh, that game against Gonzaga, they showed a lot of heart, a lot of effort. But I think uh, Duke has shown that when they can turn things on, they can just separate from teams. And I think they're a little bit more talented kind of across the board here. But I think the best play is the over in this game. Uh, I see a little bit of sharp uh, money come in on that. I think that opened at 147, and then it kicked out, or 146, and kicked up to 147.5. And I think you're going to see both these teams play at a little bit of a faster pace. Uh, the shots from the Razorbacks haven't been dropping. Uh, it's another example of a team which is just kind of not getting into sync right now. Uh, Notai has been, you know, hustling his ass off, but he hasn't been shooting well at all in the tournament. But I think uh, I think that'll start to change. They'll start to get some of those looks today. And I think uh, Duke's also going to get plenty of points because they've uh, matched up very well across the board, especially with uh, some of those guys in the inside. So I think both of these teams are going to have some offensive success in this one. Obviously a bigger total at 147, but I still like the uh, over there. I am on the opposite side here than you uh, for a few reasons. Number one, uh, I just I like Arkansas's defense. Uh, I mean, that was the, the biggest. That's the Achilles heel, right? Uh, coming into this tournament is, is Duke, and unfortunately, uh, defensively, uh, not able to go toe-to-toe. The athleticism we've seen from Arkansas, they have more veteran yeah. leadership on the squad. Heck, they held Gonzaga to 68 points. Um, they've won 18 of their last 21 and not to take anything away from Duke, but I just feel like mm-hmm. in, in watching them play, I just feel like a lot of their points have been like clutch shots. And I just, I, I, like, I just, my, my, I understand that, that, you know, this is, this is a, a magical year. At least we're hoping that it is yeah. for coach K, right? Because this is his last dance. I just, I, I just wonder like at what point in time are those clutch shots going to stop? Um, and, yeah, no, and, and I this, hear that. Yes, and this might be the game, right? Like, no, totally. And I definitely see that. And it's it's not sustainable to be having those kind of games, like we saw against Michigan State, where all of a sudden they let Michigan State go on a crazy run. All of a sudden they're down. They need to come back. And they played so well at the end of that game, but they had to because they kind of gave the game away for a bit. And I definitely see that. And there's been a lot of uneven play from Duke throughout the year. And, yeah, I can, I can totally see the Razorbacks taking this. And uh, that's why, to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of staying away from the side in this one. Uh, gun to my head, I'm probably leading Duke. But I definitely see the Arkansas side of things. But I think the over is definitely the play there for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, including uh, Duke's questionable defense at times. Again, uh, Rowett Panea is joining us here. You can see him all over covers.com, which is a site, by the way, I frequent often. Um, I love your content. Um, I, I, I love the website. So I'm really thrilled to have you on the program. Uh, Villanova again, up 18, 10 right now. So Houston got to get their bearings. That's for sure. Let's take a look to what's happening tomorrow, right? Tomorrow afternoon, you got UM and Kansas going at around 220, 225, 240, something yeah. like that is tip off. Kansas is favored by six. What side are you on here and why? You know, in this one, I, I'm taking the underdogs here. I'm taking the hurricanes with the points. A uh, couple of reasons for that. The big one is that Miami came into the tournament as one of the better offensive teams in the country, uh, you know, near the top of the country in field goal percentage, near the top of the country in uh, turnover rate. Uh, but defense is their big Achilles heel. Uh, this is one of the worst defensive teams in the country. Can't really rebound either. Those are big problems usually in March. But they completely turn things around. Obviously, they're still getting killed on the boards. But their defense has been phenomenal. They're defending very well on the perimeter. Uh, their aggressive swarming uh, perimeter defense is causing a lot of turnovers and havoc back there. And you look at their three games, obviously shutting down Iowa State, maybe not that impressive. Iowa State's offense has been awful all year. But, you know, shutting down Auburn before that, 
Uh, you know, taking Javari Smith out of the game like that, that's really, really impressive defensive play from them. So with them stepping up on that side of the court, I really think they have a good chance in this one. And then you're going up against a Kansas team that I think has regressed a little bit offensively. Uh, Ochai Agbaji has not played well in the tournament at all. Uh, you know, I mean, you can look at that and say that he's bound to turn things around because we've seen how good he is over a, a significantly long period of time. But at the same time, he's in a bit of a funk right now. And if his offense isn't kicking things up a notch, their offense isn't quite the level that we saw throughout the year. Uh, they're shooting 40% from the field their last two games. Uh, they had trouble putting away both uh, both Providence and Creighton. And, uh, you know, they let Providence really get back into that game the other night. And I think uh, that sort of thing makes me worried about them covering a six-point spread in this one. So I'm uh, siding with the underdogs in the points. You know, I, I think Remy Martin really has been, and I use this is my favorite word in, in the English dictionary, and so I use it as often as I can, and that's elixir. I feel like he's been yeah. the elixir here for Kansas, right? I mean, he's averaging 19 points yeah. off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. And so so for me, I, you know, six, I, I, I think this very well could be a one-point game, right? This come down to the wire, it could be a yeah. one-point game. I'm with you. I think six is a lot. I do believe Kansas wins. Um, you know, and, and, and obviously a lot, a lot of that is, is dictated by, for me, I look, and and I'm curious when you look at a, when you look at, okay, when you look, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this, this, this matchup and I'm saying to myself, okay, I can, I can see this going, I can see these guys going punch for punch, blow for blow, toe to toe. Okay. But then what I do is I I look at, I look at the spread and then I look at, at the free throw, uh, percentage for for either team and if 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 and if yep. one is truly off and um and not good then mm-hmm. then i'll then i'll i'll then i'll lay the points uh you've got mm-hmm. miami they're averaging 64 percent from the three free throw line and we know uh kansas is is solid as well so both these teams i th- i think are equally as good when they get those free looks mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's definitely a big play as well. And I, I think I'm glad you pointed out Remy Martin because that's really been so important for them, that play off the bench, because, you know, those guys, that Adbaji, um, McCormick, they haven't been playing well, and it's, they needed that really injection from the bench to really get them going. And uh, I, I just wonder how sustainable that is when we've seen, uh, you know, we've seen the rest of the offense kind of dry up around them at times. Uh, last but not least, and I've saved the best for last, especially us here in the New York and New Jersey area, and that is St. Peter's going up against UNC. I know a lot of people are waiting to hear what side you're on here. Um, and you've got St. Peter's getting eight going up against UNC. Before before you break down the game for us, just out of curiosity, like, and we've been talking about this for the first 42 minutes of the show, and that is like, I just... You know, St. Peter's to me, I just they they weren't a 15th seed. They should like to me if if I had to based on what we've seen from them in the games mm-hmm. that they've played and and how impressive they were against Purdue, Murray State, Kentucky. Like if you had to go back and reseed them, knowing then what you know now, a five, a six. What, mm-hmm. what 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 do you what do you think? How would you how would you seed them? Yeah, I mean, I mean that it matters so much, and it's funny you say that because yeah, if I had to go back, I'd probably put them maybe at a seven or an eight seed now, you know, consistent based just on what how they played in the tournament. But it's so hard to give them something like that when they had you know eleven losses in the regular season in such a weak conference. Uh, but how they're playing right now, they're you know, it's not like they've been getting lucky against those teams. Uh, you know, one win is uh, is a fluke, two wins is maybe a co- coincidence, three wins in a row that's a trend. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, beating, you know, those teams like, uh, you know, I mean, 
Murray State's one thing. I was a big fan of Murray State, but I realized that there was lots of question marks about their level of competition as well coming in. But when you shut down Kentucky and Purdue, that were both top five offenses according to Ken Palm, and you know this, you know this defense is for real. And I think uh, I think that gives a lot of value on them because when it comes to playing on neutral sites in an NCAA tournament in March, defense matters so much. Don't you feel that that's that's really that's that's been the 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 defining uh, reason why, I mean, that's what's trending in this tournament. That's the reason defense is really what has been allowing teams to really win in advance, win in advance. So with that being said, and and I feel St. Peter's has been playing Mm -hmm. some of the best defense. I mean, they're holding their opponents to 40% from the field, 27% from downtown. So with that being said, St. Peter's getting the eight UNC, who do you have here and why? Yeah, and, and I'm taking them with the points here. I feel it's hard to fade them at this spot. I think the biggest matchup problem for them, of course, is size, and everyone's been harping about that all tournament. Tar Heels, of course, have Baycott, one of the best rebounding teams in the country, and the Peacocks have a very, very small lineup. Uh, but they were also supposed to get owned down low against Kentucky uh, and Purdue with Zach Eady there, and it didn't happen in those games. They still pulled off the win. So I think uh, with how they hustle and how hard they've been playing, it's really tough to fade them. I'm not going to fade them in this spot. I think uh, I think they'll at least be able to keep things respectable here. I know it feels like the uh, the shoe's just going to fall off at some point in time, but uh, I think uh, Cinderella at least makes a game of it, and I'm taking them with the points. Yeah, um, interesting nugget here I came across. Uh, UNC has 34 three-pointers. They've made 34 three-pointers in three mm-hmm. games. And again, St. Peter's holding their opponents to 27% from downtown. Um, I think this is the key. This is the matchup. Yeah. This is what needs to happen in order for them to win because you can't beat UNC if you don't stop them mm-hmm. from shooting those threes because we know St. Peter's, uh, they, you know, they, they don't have that in their repertoire, right? So that's mm-hmm. going to Absolutely. be key, their defense against a three-point shot. Totally. And, but I think one thing that's really important, too, about three-pointers is as good of a three-point shooting team North Carolina has been, there's just so much variability when it comes to three-pointers. Sometimes they just don't end up dropping. And I think we saw that in the opening round when uh, you know a lot of people were riding underdog teams too, teams like South Dakota State, Colgate, Virginia Tech, Davidson, you know, the top three-point shooting teams in the nation. And they all kind of went cold from three-point range in that opening round, and they all ended up losing. And, uh, you know, as you're definitely right, if North Carolina hits those three shots, uh, they're going to probably pull away from this one, probably cover and not just win. But, uh, you know, when, you, when you're so reliant on uh, those guys getting hot from deep, uh, it's tough to have that, you know, consistent from game to game. Roa Pinea joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see his work all over covers.com. Before I let you go, let's look big picture here. Um, mm-hmm. So so, so who do you like, – I know we talked spreads. So tell me, who's your mm-hmm. final four, who's your champion, and why? Yeah, I mean, right now I think uh, Final Four, I'm, I'm leaning towards Villanova, North Carolina, Kansas, and, I mean, sounding pretty chalky at this point, but uh, probably going Duke, I think. Arkansas would be a little bit tempted there, but I'd probably going Duke. So I'll probably go, yeah, Duke, Kansas, Villanova, North Carolina. And I think Kansas pulls it out. I just like their depth a little bit more. I like their ability to you know, play hard on both ends of the floor. But I think in terms of value, as far as what you're getting from betting on the futures market, I don't think there's any value in Kansas right now. You're getting at them at about plus 275 at most books. And that's 
you know, that's not a great line when you're looking at how open this uh, title chase is this year. Uh, if you're looking for value, I think someone like Villanova has much better value. Heading into tonight's game, they were plus 600. Obviously, if they win tonight, that's not going to be the same. But uh, I think they're being overlooked a little considering uh, how much depth they have, how much experience they have, and you know, having one of the best coaches in the game uh, on the bench never hurts either. So looking at this, I have Kansas to win outright just if we're talking about who's going to win. But I think the best value is either on Villanova or maybe even Arkansas. So uh, right now, uh, what I'm looking at, uh, BetMGM, uh, you've got Kansas plus 240, Villanova plus 350, Duke 4-1, Houston 5-1, UNC 6-1, Arkansas 10-1, and Miami 20-1, just FYI. Um, before I let you go, I, just out of curiosity, you know, you know there, was, there was a really big knock on Villanova coming in. Like, very few people had them coming out of the South. Many people had Arizona. Yeah. A lot of people had Tennessee. I have Houston. Mm-hmm. Why is that? What 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 was what was the big knock on Villanova uh, coming into the tournament and and you know not anticipating them to play this well or advance this far? You know, I think it's a couple things, but in some ways, I think just the last couple of seasons they've been kind of that forgotten team. A couple of early exits uh, last year that had a lot to do with uh, Gillespie's injury last year. But I think this is a team that people kind of soured on a little bit. They were obviously winning, but I think the Big East gets overlooked a little bit. And at the same time, a lot of their wins weren't maybe the most impressive uh, over the course of the entire season. They don't really move the marker as far as, you know, you see, you know, you see teams like UCLA go up against Arizona and, you know, eyes get opened and you see, you know, some of these other big teams and big conferences face off against each other. But a lot of times when they are playing against, you know, the Creightons and the Providences, those games weren't getting a lot of eyeballs, and when they were, they weren't maybe getting the, they weren't getting the respect they deserve for being able to prove that they could win a grinded out game against a team like Creighton or a team like Providence. And I think, uh, I think now that you're seeing them in the tournament, you're seeing how sharp they can be. I think they're starting to get that respect back. So I don't expect those uh, odds to stay the same uh, if they end up beating Houston here. Hey, great stuff! Uh, really do appreciate you being on the program with us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Glad to be here, Anita. Thanks. You got it. This Hoops Update brought to you by London Jewelers. Join London Jewelers for their annual wedding band event now through this Sunday, March 27th. Enjoy 20% of, um, off on all wedding bands. For locations to make an appointment, visit 2 dot. Come so uh, to bring up to speed again at the half Villanova up on Houston twenty seven to twenty so they're up seven points uh, again you can uh, in game betting Houston you can get right now at plus three and a half without further ado David Behrman joins us on the show he typically joins me on our gambling show on Friday nights on Weekend Wager uh, and uh, I wanted him I wanted him to come back on tonight because. We have a golf tournament taking place. It's the Dell Technologies Match Play. And I love that the the PGA Tour uh, has this tournament the same time of March Madness because it's match play. It's, it's, it's a bracket-style um, tournament as well in golf. And we've gotten down to our final four. And the final four is you've got Dustin Johnson going up against Scotty Scheffler. You've got uh, Corey Connors going up against Kisner. Uh, they will play each other. The winners will advance to play for first and second place. And the losers will advance to play for third place. So uh, welcome in, David. How you doing? Doing good, Anita. Doing very good. As I said last night on the air, I had Kevin Kisner and Billy Horschel uh, pre-tournament, and then I bought a little Dustin Johnson this morning before his quarterfinal, before his round of 16 round at, 
at seven to one. Unfortunately, uh, the defending champ Billy Horschel is out, but Kevin Kisner is sixty to one shot, sixty-five in the column that you and I produce, still alive. So I'm excited that he's still there at a sixty to one shot. And Dustin Johnson, who, like I said, I took at seven to one this morning before his two wins, uh, is also still alive. So I'm, I'm hoping for a Dustin Johnson Kevin Kisner final because then, uh, as they say, you can't lose at that point. Uh, of course, you're a big part of our gambling show. So is Randy Robles from uh, the Elias Sports Bureau. And I know that you're very familiar with uh, the folks over there who work for Elias as well. And Randy, in, in, in the video, we, we recorded a video earlier this week. And the video, his picks were DJ against Kisner and Kisner beating DJ for the championship. So um, talk about really nailing it on the head. That's for sure. Just to give you some odds out there for... Um, for, for, you know, the tournament lines in regard to, to who's going to win. Uh, DJ is favored at plus 225. Scheffler at plus 230. Kisner at plus 280. Corey Connors at plus 360. Um, let's start with the matchups first and foremost. So Dustin Johnson against Scheffler. Uh, it, they're, they're pretty much even keel. It's minus 110. Uh, who do you have in this matchup and why? I like Dustin, and, and, you know, I like Dustin before the event started. I didn't pull the plug on him. I didn't pull the, the trigger on him until this morning. Um, you and I have discussed this on the show many times in the last couple of years. When Dustin Johnson brings his A game, there's nobody better in golf. And uh, I'm comfortable in saying that, that when he is on, he's the best player in the world. And I know he was number one for a while, and now he's down to number eight, which is why he was the eighth seed in this event. But when he brings his top-level game, there is nobody better. The mix of power... Uh, length um, and short game. If he brings it tomorrow, he will beat Scotty Scheffler, who, hey, give Scotty credit. He's in the semis for the second straight time. It's a home event for him uh, being from the area. Uh, but I didn't think Scotty played particular well today. I watched the Scheffler versus Horschel matchup, pretty much all of it. And, you know, I obviously had money on Billy, and neither one of them played really well. Scheffler kind of just played a little bit better. Uh, that being said, uh, you know, he played extremely well for Seamus Powers this afternoon, who who was one of the hotter guys on tour in winning three and two. But here's a little stat for you, Anita. Dustin Johnson, as well as Corey Connors, neither one of them have seen the 18th hole this week. Now, Corey did get a free win versus Paul Casey, so that was one of his wins. But neither one of them have seen the 18th hole. That's how good Dustin Johnson and Corey Connors have been this week. The first time Scotty saw the 18th hole was against Horschel, winning one up there. Uh, but that's the fun part about the, the match play event is you may never like Dustin Johnson's first attempt at the 18th hole might be in the semifinals tomorrow. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with Dustin. It's even money, and it's very, very rare that you can get Dustin Johnson at minus 110. He was minus 240 and minus 260 in his two matches today. So I'm going to take advantage of the minus 110 and roll with what I think is, is the, the hotter golfer right now, although – I just read somewhere that, that Scotty Scheffler could ascend to number one in, in the world with a win since he does have two wins in the last month. Uh, you also have Kisner going up against Connors. Kisner is favored by minus 120. Connors is, uh, is at even. I'm on the Kisner side, and, and I'm assuming based on the conversations we've had, you are as well. Yeah, I am. I mean, I have, I've had Kisner since the beginning. This is an event that he knows how to play, and, and I don't know how much the, the viewers watched earlier today, but Kisner was three down with four to play versus Adam Scott. Um, and and he, he didn't even have to go to a playoff. He won the last four holes versus Adam Scott. And it wasn't that Adam Scott all of a sudden stopped playing. It's that how good Kisner was. He birdied three of the four holes, including 18. The guy knows the course. The guy knows how to play the course. Um, I don't know if you saw him on, on 17. He holed out from the bunker 
to uh, to tie the match. So he knows the course. That being said, you know, on this show, I'm a big Corey Connors fan. I've had him many, many times over the years in tournaments. Um, big fan of his, big fan of his style of play. But I just like the way Kisner gets around this course. So I'm going to go with what I think is the most talented player in the world in Dustin Johnson and the guy who owns this course the most out of the four remaining players in Kevin Kisner. And with that being said, who's your winner tomorrow afternoon? Uh, I hope like heck it's Kisner, but I have a feeling it's going to be Dustin Johnson. If, uh, if I hadn't bet on anything, I would probably pick Dustin right now, which is why I jumped on him this morning. Uh, but for, for my pocketbook's worth, I really hope it's Kevin Kisner. But again, if it's Kisner versus Johnson, it's a, it's a win-win situation. But uh, I, think, I think DJ actually wins the whole thing. Again, David Behrman joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. I always say this on our gambling show. He's the gatekeeper, everything gambling when it comes to uh, to, to ESPN.com and, and our, our, our columns and, and, of course, our, our, our website. Uh, looking bigger picture here, we're just uh, two weeks away from the Masters, a tradition unlike any other. Uh, based on what you've seen so far this season, any value right now to put down some money on um, on some players. And just to kind of give you some lines, what's out there right now, John Rahm plus 750, Spieth 10 to 1, Justin Thomas 12 to 1, Morikawa 12 to 1, Rory 14, um, Cam Smith 16 to 1, uh, Cantlay 16 to 1, Shoffley 18 to 1. And, and anybody's, any, anybody stand out to you in regard to who you want to jump on right now with the odds for the Masters? I, I, I think that the shit sailed, but I, I grabbed Cameron Smith back in January at 33 to one before the, mm-hmm. the year started, before he won in Hawaii and then won again a couple of weeks ago. So I have him at 33 to one. I do think Victor Hovland at 18 to one is a really, really good price. And um, as a side note, this morning when um, I, I have a one-on-one DFS matchup with with our friend Kyle Soppy of, of of ESPN Fantasy and betting, and the rule is if anybody wins two consecutive weeks in daily fantasy. Um, of the DFS, they get a free $10 bet of a golfer of choice for one of the events. So after winning two weeks ago and then crushing him in the match play, as you might imagine me having some of the guys there in the Sweet 16, um, I went ahead and told him to put $10 on Dustin Johnson this morning. So I got Dustin this morning at 18 to 1. It's dropped down to 16 to 1. But I think there's tremendous value on the way Dustin Johnson's playing right now. If you can get him from 16 to 18 to 1, to win an event that he won uh, about 18 months ago in November when it was played there. I think Dustin should be considered the favorite the way he's playing, and you can get him at 18, 16 to 1. I think that's a really, really good value, which is what I made my friend Kyle take for me this morning after beating him in DFS. Before I let you go, you know, obviously we're in the thick of it uh, in, in March Madness, um, and, and we know we're, we're going to know by the end of uh, tomorrow night who's going to be the final four. Uh, any value right now in, in, in where you think you would put your money to win the entire thing? Well, I said last night I thought Houston was going to take the whole thing down, and uh, that first half that we just witnessed was pretty ugly. Uh, but they're only down seven considering how ugly it was, so I still think they have a chance. And you could probably get them pretty good right now uh, with Houston. But I'll tell you what, the way North Carolina has looked the last couple of weeks is scary and, you know, not no disrespect to your boys at St. Peter's, but you got to beat a 15 seed to get to the final four. And then you're either going to face Duke or Arkansas, two teams that they're very familiar with. So I think there is value on taking eight seeded North Carolina to win the whole thing. You're not going to get much value on Kansas uh, having to go through 10 seed Miami. I don't think the hurricanes can pull the whole thing off. So 
value-wise, I'd probably go North Carolina, but I'm really hoping that Houston can pull this off since I have them winning it all and then have them in the survivor pool that only has five people left. So hopefully Houston can rally here in the second half. Uh, fantastic. Great stuff as always, David. Always do appreciate you. Good luck tomorrow. It's it's going to be fun to watch. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Have a good one, Anita. You, you got it. Here on 98.7 ESPN. Without further ado, Joe Wiz joins us. He has his own gambling show here on 98.7 ESPN. You'll be able to tune in to him tomorrow morning. Uh, his segment brought to you by Bet Rivers. Uh, welcome in, Joe. How you doing? Hey, Anita, I like these Saturday night uh, call-ins. These are, these are a little fun, a uh, little different change of scenery, different audience, and uh, we get to uh, take a look at a little bit, uh, get at least more updated information uh, with all these injuries in the NBA with game time decisions, et cetera. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, let's, before we start talking NBA, uh, let's, let's talk about what's going on in the tournament right now. Looks like Houston is making a run to try to come back uh, against Villanova. Uh, I had Houston. I still have Houston. Uh, the bet is not over yet. I, I laid the, the two and a half. Who, what was your play in this matchup against Villanova? I had liked the under in the game. Um, you know, I was originally leaning towards Houston, but to be honest with you, I was making a decision during the daytime, and a lot of people were talking to, and a lot. this really does make my decision process. Um, everybody was playing Houston in the game, and I kept saying everybody was, everybody was talking to today, Houston, Houston, Houston. So I kind of got scared off of them, and I switched to the total, the under 127, and, and hope that comes in. But I originally gave out Houston, but a lot of times when the day of the game, I see what's developing – and that's why I tell people my stuff is more based on information. And if I see everyone's going one way, uh, I usually back off. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, uh, we've got another game later on tonight, and that's Arkansas going up against Duke. Duke favored by four. I know a lot of public money is on Duke. I like Arkansas getting the points. What side are you on? You know, when you take a look at it here, Duke, um, you know, they're coming off um, nice wins. Um, Texas Tech, they were a very close game. They won that game. I had Michigan State last Saturday. I was getting seven, Anita. Uh, I was getting seven, and uh, Michigan State was up by two as, with less than three minutes left, and somehow I blew the cover in that game. Um, so Duke has been winning these close games here. And Arkansas, I mean, what could you say about them? They knocked off the number one seed, um, but they haven't covered uh, they against New Mexico State or Vermont. Um, I like the dog in this game as well. I like Arkansas here. Um, I think a lot of public money is on Duke, and I think the Hogs, um, you know, they're they're playing well. I'm expecting it to be a high-scoring affair. Duke, eight of the last nine games have gone over, and Arkansas, seven of the last nine games have gone over, even though the last two have gone under. Uh, But both teams like to score. Duke has been scoring a ton of points. My play in this game is is to take the dog with Arkansas plus four um, and uh, expect a high-scoring affair. Uh, we've got some great games tomorrow, uh, and I know that you're going to give out your picks on your morning show tomorrow morning. Uh, but l- let's take a minute and talk about St. Peter's. And, and I opened up the show, and, and I was very, I'm always very honest and very transparent whenever I'm on air. And, and I had no idea St. Peter's was in was in Jersey City, none at all. Had no idea that there was a university there. Had no idea uh, that St. Peter's like. <laughs> I don't think I knew that St. Peter's was in Jersey City until after they beat Murray State. I don't even think I knew that after they beat Kentucky. So um, it's just really, it's just really unbelievable what what this talk about a Cinderella story is the first 15th seed that's advanced to the Elite Eight. With that being said, what are your expectations for them the remainder of, of the tournament, Joe? 
What could you say about St. Peter's, Anita? I mean, they've won 10 in a row. They're 22-11, and 24-9 against the spread. They beat powerhouses Kentucky, and they beat Purdue last night. Um, and, you know, the, the line in this game has UNC favored by eight. I think that line's a little high. The total's at one, uh, uh, 137. St. Peter's, if they're going to win the game, they're going to have to keep it a low-scoring game. We know North Carolina has an explosive offense, 21 overs and just 14 unders. If St. Peter's is going to pull off another upset, you're going to have to see a score in the 50s or the 60s here. But, you know, when a team's so hot, it's, uh, especially with the spread number, getting eight, um, that line might be a little, little, little high. Uh, really, really unbelievable. Uh, again, uh, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He has a gambling show that will air tomorrow morning. Why don't you let the folks know exactly what time, how they can find you, all that good stuff, Joe. Yes, thanks for asking. Well, I'm tomorrow morning. I'm on at 8 a.m. I'm on with Ty. We're on live. Well, you can take calls for people that want to call in, ask any questions about sports betting. Sports betting is so new in New York. I get a lot of new people out there asking me questions, what the money line is, what a parlay is, what a teaser is. So any questions you have, we'll be taking calls tomorrow at 8 a.m. And uh, we'll be on for one hour talking about all the games, the NIT, NBA, with the Charlotte, Charlotte taking on Brooklyn tomorrow. I know Brooklyn's playing in a few minutes here. And, of course, anyone that wants to follow me, on Instagram or Twitter. I put out free picks every day. There's a big total on Twitter right now at Joe with Sports. Yeah, so let's turn our attention to what's going on in the NBA, and you're absolutely right. Uh, we're just about uh, 30 minutes away from the Nets. Uh, Tip-off at 8.10 p.m. They're in Miami taking on a Heat team that lost to the Knicks last night. I want to say I read an interesting stat. Right? Knicks outscored them in the fourth quarter 38-15, to 15, something ridiculous like that. Uh, you get a Nets team on the road, so Kyrie Irving can suit up and play, and they're only laying two and a half against the Heat team. Of course, earlier this week, if you watched SportsCenter, you saw the video, a little heated, not a little heated, a lot heated, uh, on the sideline with Eric Spolstra and, and Jimmy Butler. Uh, what's your play in this matchup? Yeah, the line was four earlier, Anita, because Jimmy Butler, once again, was a game-time decision. It seems like every day it's the same scenario with him. But he is in the lineup. Uh, Brooklyn's favored by two and a half. That's the line at Bet Rivers. The total's at 231. Hey, the scheduling dynamics favor Brooklyn. They have no excuses here, Anita. They haven't played since Wednesday when they lost to Memphis. And they lost to Memphis uh, 130 to 120. Durant had 35 points in that game, and Irving had 43, but it wasn't enough. But the key, one of the other key players for the Nets is Curry's in the lineup, and no one gives him any credit, but he was one a big addition for them, uh, uh, More maybe more than uh, Ben Simmons. We may never see him play, uh, but on the other hand, the Heat right now, it's hard to trust him, and he, they've lost three in a row. Uh, you're right, Jimmy Butler was ready to beat up Eric Spolstra. Thank God for Udonis Haslam, who saved uh, Spolstra, um, and I'm not, I don't trust the Miami Heat, and uh, they could fall out of first place in the number one seed, because Milwaukee's playing Memphis right now. Miami Heat and Milwaukee Bucks and Philadelphia 76ers are all tied for the number one seed in the East, all with 27 losses. I'm expecting Brooklyn with three days to rest and with Curry in the lineup. I know we talk about Irving and Durant, but Curry is also an integral part of that team right now. Uh, I'm laying the two and a half. I'm going with the Brooklyn Nets. One more game I want to tee up for you before I let you go, and that's uh, the Bucks going up against the Grizzlies. Tee, uh, um uh, Tip-off is at 8.10 p.m. Again, in a little little less than 30 minutes, the Bucks are favored by one here. What's your, what's your play? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Again, this is why I love being on with you on Saturday nights. And he had a Memphis just a couple of hours ago was favored by two because Middleton and Giannis were questionable in this game. But they're both expected to go. But listen, everyone's talking about the Phoenix Suns out west, but I know you've been talking about Memphis often on your show. Memphis might be the best team in the west and maybe in all of the NBA. They haven't gotten any credit. 51-23, and 23, um, they got Desmond Bain, they got Jaron Jackson. Morant is not in the lineup tonight. He has been. He has been out. Um, I'm going. I'm going with the hot, the hotter team right now, and that's that's Memphis right now. Memphis is rested. They played on Thursday, and neither in the last three games they scored 133, 132, and 122 points here. Uh, I'm going with Memphis at home because um, I'm still not sure how healthy Giannis and Middleton is. Even though they're both in the lineup, I'm rather take a shot with Memphis, who uh, is playing their best ball of the season, and right now could arguably be the best team in the NBA, even better than. Phoenix Suns. Woo! All right, Joe. Joe Wiz joining us here on 98.7 ESPN, uh, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Joe, thank you so much. You guys have a great show tomorrow morning. Appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good day. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN.